You're listening to the Simple Pen Podcast. Pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Simple Pin Podcast. I'm your host, Kate All. I'm the owner and founder of Simple Pin Media. We are a Pinterest management and marketing agency. We help you find your perfect person on Pinterest. As you know, this summer, we're airing a summer story series for those who maybe need a little break from all the tips and tricks about Pinterest. And maybe you just need to listen to how others have approached their business and even grew their platform. So these are a series of business owners I've handpicked to hear their stories in the hope of being inspired and to inspire you. Some I've heard before and want to share with you, but others are totally new to me and I'm excited to be led down the path of their story in hopes to learn more about them and possibly something about myself. Today's story is one of my sweet friends, Tasha Booth. She was someone who was introduced to when I was looking for someone to help us launch our membership site, the Simple Pin Collective. Our work with her launch team was so delightful, we struck up a friendship and have since noodled back and forth via Voxer on topics from agency growth to social justice and to team growth and all those pieces. So I want to share with you this story of how Tasha grew her business and what it's been like for her to navigate this online world. And then to go deeper into that, to talk about her history as a woman of color and our honest conversation that the two of us had during that time, followed by the murder of George Floyd. It's a pretty raw and honest conversation, and I appreciated Tasha's vulnerability with me and her willingness to receive my vulnerable questions when I didn't know how to say them the right way or I didn't even know how to speak them. So we talk a little bit about that. We talk about her community as well and how she's a pillar for them to really help lead them through things that are tougher and really difficult by just asking a simple question. So I'm so delighted to share this story with you. It was a delight for me to record and to connect with her. I had no idea about her history and her background, so it was good just to connect on that level. I do have one ask for you as you listen to this series. When an episode impacts you, will you share it with a friend? I believe stories have the power to help us learn and provide aha moments that we often need as we're growing our business. And we talk in this episode about how hard it is right now in the online world. Your share with a friend would be the highest compliment of this podcast. I know I don't see it and I don't know what happens, but I would love for you to extend Tasha's story to another person who needs to hear it. So with that, let's dive into my conversation with Tasha. Hey, Tasha, welcome to the Simple Pin Podcast. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so delighted to have you here. Of course, every time we talk, it's amazing. And so for my listeners who don't know you, tell us who you are and what your business is centered upon. Sure. So I am Tasha Booth. I'm the CEO and founder of The Launch Guild. So we are a full service launch support agency. We work with primarily established coaches and course creators in all kinds of different niches on their full launch support. Um, I also have a coaching side to my business. So I have a certification for launch managers where I certify launch managers to kind of do what we do at The Launch Guild. And I also um, have a program for agency owners who are looking to start, grow or scale their own agencies. 
Got it. Do a lot yeah. of things. I do a lot. <laughs> okay. So take me back to the beginning. So how did this idea for your business even get started? Yeah. So I kind of fell into entrepreneurship, into doing what I do now. I was working full-time at the YMCA and I loved my job. I was the director um, of health and wellness at two YMCAs in Tucson. And I loved it and I hated the paycheck. <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, nonprofits, yeah, nonprofits are not known for paying their people well. And it was definitely true with the Y. And I had some uh, t- availability evenings, weekends, that sort of thing, and had a hobby blog that was doing pretty well and that I was learning a lot of skills from. And so when I started seeing people in my Facebook groups that I was involved in with blogging, needing virtual assistance, I was like, let me see if I can do this and earn some extra money for my student loan debt, my credit card debt. And it took off really, really fast. I started making more as a part, very part-time virtual assistant than I was in my full-time job within like four months. Um, so yeah, so it was kind of crazy. And my husband, Scott, he's Air Force and he was deployed at the time that like my business was really ramping up. And I'll never forget the day that like we FaceTimed each other. You know, he's in the middle of like Africa. We FaceTime each other and I'm like, so I think I want to quit my job. <laughs> like what? <laughs> he's like, what? And then he like he is the most supportive person ever. He was like, as long as you pay your part of the bills, like go for it, you know? So I quit my job in August. They asked me to stay until December and then and I started um, as an admin, like as a general admin VA at first, and quickly found that I loved tech and I loved launches. And I hated when my clients asked me to go outside of my zone of genius. So to go like to be their copywriter or their designer or all the other things that are involved in launches. So quickly I was just like, well, what if I built a team of experts, you know, who could do all of the launch pieces, but could all sit in their like expert seat instead of having this one person who's like trying to be, you know, the unicorn as they call them. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay, so there's a lot in there. So I'm going to unpack a little bit of it. What year was it that you made that phone call to your husband? Yeah, it was 2017. We had like just gotten married. We got married like two months before he deployed. And then he deployed. I know. (laughs) It was was a fun year. Yeah, so 2017 was when I made that call. Okay, and what was your hobby blog topic? It was frugal, healthy living. So I got it. So fun fact, my first ever, I used to be like an extreme couponer, like really good at it. Oh, me too. Totally into it. And my first course that I ever created was on extreme couponing. So that's how I got into like course creation and course building. Interesting. Please tell me you watched the show on TLC, right? Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> All in. <laughs> I know. I think it took me forever to get rid of like our supply of deodorant. I was yes. like, okay, we are living off. I mean, now I would give anything to have that back, right? With all these prices <laughs> rising, but I know, whatever. I know. I still like have to have like at least six months of toilet paper and paper towel or else I like start freaking out. So it's, it lives with you for forever. <laughs> it does. And when my daughter is now grocery shopping, she's 16. And she, Mm -hmm. it like takes all that I have not to like, you know, I'm trying to teach her, but when she goes out and she comes back and I'm like, oh, you bought that on the expensive shelf or that is name brand. Like, let me teach you a trick. Look up, (laughs) look down, look for the price. (laughs) It never goes out of you. You're like, look for the coupon, have the store app. Oh, I love it. Um, Okay. So then you were in this Facebook group. So then was a lot of your VA work in the beginning, was it in the frugal deal space too? Or did you start to like ramp out into others? 
Yeah. So the Facebook groups that I was in was mostly for like bloggers, just learning how to be better at bloggers and SEO and that sort of thing. So it's mostly like people who are looking for support around, you know, their WordPress website or their Squarespace website and and that kind of thing. Okay. So then as you, um, you jump ship in 2017 and you're like, I'm all in, you made the comment about like, it was really frustrating to be asked to do the things that didn't fall into your zone of genius. Did you have that word at that time to be able to articulate that that was what you're feeling or did that come a little bit later? It definitely came a little bit later. I think the feeling that came with it was just like, oh, I don't want to do that. Or like it would always go to the bottom of my priority list. And anytime, even to this day, like if there's something that consistently goes to the bottom of my priority list, I know that it's something that I need to delegate to somebody else because clearly there's a reason why. Right. Mm -hmm. And you use Zone of Genius in some of your marketing materials today. So talk a little bit about your love of that phrase. Yeah, I love that phrase because when I think about living in my zone of genius, I think of all the things that light me up and that like I jump out of bed at literally like 536 o'clock every morning and want to do immediately. And so I want our clients to feel that way when they come and work with us. I know that we have, you know, we have clients that are attorneys and Airbnb coaches and Emmy award winning gardeners. Like literally, those are our clients. And when they come to us, I know that there's a lot of fear around launches a lot of times because it's not the thing that they know. They don't feel like an expert in it. And so I want them to be able to show up as their best selves in their zone of genius and allow us to show up as our best selves. Hmm. So in order for you guys to your team to show up as that, that it, team was a really important part of it. So you're, you're a VA, you're working through all this administrative stuff, you're loving tech. And then you had you said your epiphany to say, what if I hired a team of experts? Now for a lot of people going from that leap of solo to team is a pretty big leap. How did you jump there kind of so quickly? And what was your thought in that? Yeah, so I've always loved collaboration. And so having a team didn't scare me as much as I know that it scares other people sometimes. I also I used to own um, a group fitness and dance studio. So I've already, you know, I had employees or team members in the past. When I was at the Y, I had a team of about 50 that I was managing. So I was kind of used to having a team and really liked that aspect. And actually, when I went full time, that's the thing that I miss the most, like having people around me that I could collaborate with and like bounce ideas off of and everything. So I was really excited about the team part. Now, did I do everything right? Absolutely not. <laughs> Nobody does. Like, you know, no. Yeah. <laughs> like I, we were a hot mess express for quite a while until I realized like, oh, in order for them to really be able to do their best work, like I need to support them in creating really rock solid SOPs and figuring out who our ideal people were and what our processes actually looked like. So that took a while. But after yeah, after that, we were really rocking and rolling. So then as you're growing, I'm assuming like 2018, 2019, and then you come up upon the pandemic in 2020. Talk a little bit about kind of what happened to your business. What did you experience during that time? Yeah, we experienced a ton of growth in 2020. Like that was so 
It was crazy. Um, I think that it was a lot of things that kind of came together at once. Number one, definitely the pandemic was a big part of it. We also got a really big endorsement from uh, one of the largest like course creator gurus out there. And so we had a lot of people coming in from her courses, um, from taking her courses that wanted to become our clients. And so it was, you know, there was a lot of bad with the pandemic and everything. But in terms of like business growth, it was kind of a perfect storm for us. Um, so there was, there there was just a ton of growth that happened with that there was definitely there were places that we found you know our our blind spots basically and places where we needed to improve and um i think by the end of 2020 we were kind of like okay we need to slow the train down a little bit rebuild a little bit of the infrastructure and make sure that we are prepared for our next level of growth was that hard for you to kind of come to that realization of like slow the train down with oh. you having been in <laughs> such a grow 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 mode Yes, because I'm a major quick start, like on the mm. Colby, like I'm an eight out of 10, right on Ooh, as a quick start. I'm a three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, I think it's it's a matter of I've really had to learn the art of slowing down and patience and not not wanting to go full speed with everything that my brain thinks of, because it's very easy for me to get into that. And so when I started seeing that, you know, number one, my team was exhausted just from that year because of all the personal things that had happened in that year, as well as, you know, the great business things that were happening in our business. And so I just needed to take that into consideration for their like health and longevity in the business, as well as like the business as a whole. Right. Yeah, let's camp there for a minute because 2020 not only held the pandemic, but it also held uh, a lot of the racial justice, social justice stuff. And talk about how you navigated that. And then we can talk about how we kind of you helped me with that. So like, yeah, yeah. Talk to me about kind of your honest, raw feelings about processing through all that. Yeah, that was a hard few months. And <laughs> I think that there were lots of reasons why it was hard. Number one, um, because I I think I am one of like the the of of the people that I know. Like I'm one of the largest coaches, women of color coaches in the virtual support space. And so my um a lot of the women inside of my Facebook group, my Facebook group I think has like eleven thousand people in it now. And a lot of the women inside of there are in my Facebook group because they see themselves in me, right? They are also black women who see the possibility of their own business and their own lives in what I've built, which I don't think I realized that that would be a thing when I was building my business. Like I didn't build my business to be that person, but I have become it. And I so appreciate and take, I don't take that for granted, you know, that I, I have this, um, I have this ability to to make change and to support people in that way. And so when the murder of George Floyd happened, it was, I, I was just like, I don't know what to say to my group who is grieving right now and who also needs to continue in all of the things that they're doing, you know? And it's so, it's so hard when number one, you see things like this all the time and you've kind of become numb to it in some way. But this was also, it was like, it was something that we've seen before as a community, but it, it felt even harsher and realer. And I think because like the video and all that stuff. Um, so, I just I I didn't know what to say to my group but like there have been several times over the last few years where I just go into my group and I say how's your heart you know and that is the question that I ask and then I leave it open for discussion and for whatever they need in that moment so I felt like I was processing my feelings about things while also 
supporting my community in processing their feelings about things and how they can continue to show up for the clients that they need to and for their families and their communities while also holding this immense amount of grief. And I think the other part were was all the conversations that came up around um, what was happening in the online space and people being blind and not 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 supporting their communities, you know, and how they were feeling and everything. And so there was that piece of it also that was happening, um, especially like in the online and the coaching spaces. And so it just felt like it was coming from all directions. <laughs> yeah, 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 it was. Uh, it, I, I will say like, you know, to share this conversation between between you and I that I felt so just honored to be able to have with you. But it was this, um, you know, you you said it just now was showing up for your community in a way that was like, how's your heart? And during that time, it felt like you saw these people that were saying things wrong. And so as a you looked at the outside and you're like, I see basically people stepping in landmines every single time I turn around and it's on display and it feels this vitriol, it feels all these things. And I was wrestling with like, how do I have these honest conversations? And I appreciated just being able to voxer you this vulnerable thing of just, I don't know how to like, I I don't know how to say it. So I think I, what I'm saying before I say it is that like, if there's anybody who wants to like word police my words, please don't because my heart is humble. Believe me. Um, but I think it was like, I grew up a little bit. And even with my kids, like, telling them like, we don't see color, right? Because I really, it was that whole thing of like, we're all on an equal playing field. Like we are all loved people. Like, I don't want to make this distinguishment. And then it was like, but wait a minute, there is a distinguisher, right? There is a uniqueness about each of us in our ethnicity and our color and our race and all of these kinds of things. And I went to you and I was like, I don't know do I elevate you because you're a woman of color or do I elevate you because you're awesome? Because right now I just want to elevate you because you're awesome. But I, I don't know. And I'd love for you to share the story that you shared with me because I, I think about it all the time. And it's this thing of like, what you first said, you're like, I want you to share about me because I'm awesome, right? Like that's <laughs> your first thing. <laughs> but then to like that understanding of like recognizing that things are different for you. Yeah. So I want to first say that like, what I loved about our conversation and the reason that we were able to have such a really honest, vulnerable conversation is because you came with a heart of like wanting to understand and wanting to listen. And I think that that is the difference. You know, sometimes people come and they start asking questions and you know that they're asking questions so that they can respond and have a rebuttal. And that is not helpful, you know, to, to, that's not helpful to support somebody who doesn't really want the, you know, an actual answer doesn't want to actually hear. They're just waiting to respond. Um, so that, that was the thing that I appreciated. And I'm always open to have those conversations with people who really want to understand in a deeper way. Um, I'll tell the story um, that I told you in a second. But one of the things that I did during this time was I went on Instagram and I did an Instagram live and shared about um, the background of some of my family members. So my dad, my mom and my dad were, um, they had a considerable age difference. My dad passed away about 20 years ago, but he was in a segregated infantry during World War II, then came back to a segregated Baltimore where he couldn't drink at white water fountains. 
And my mom was a teacher for 41 years. She was valedictorian of her high school, like an absolutely brilliant woman. And she was the first Black woman in her district to be a teacher in that district. And the first day she was in that district, there was a bomb scare called in and they had to evacuate the building because there was a Black woman teaching all these white kids. So that is like, that's just some of the background that people when, when, so I'm not trying to like use your words against you, but when we say things like, you know, um, like I don't see color, you're, you're not looking at the history of what my color has been in this country. You see what I mean? So no, totally. And not that I've realized since then is like, with the, the it was the good intent in the beginning, yeah. right? Of being like, we're all on the same page, right? Like nobody you don't diminish. And then it was like, oh, wait a minute, we left a really important core piece out of your yeah. history of your color. Exactly. Totally. So the story that I told you was that um in I guess it was like four Christmases ago at this point. So um my husband has two daughters, Grace and Meredith, from his previous marriage. Um and he was married to a white woman. So they're they're very white children. <laughs> and they they live in Chicago with their or outside of Chicago with their mom. And so we decided one Christmas, we get them every other Christmas. Um, and we decided one Christmas that we were going to rent a house on the south side of Chicago and do like a Chicago Christmas, get to see all the lights in like downtown, do all of those things, which was absolutely fantastic. And as we were um, experiencing like this time together, I was like so excited every time I saw like a beauty supply store and every time I saw like a soul food restaurant, like I made sure we went. To, uh, to a soul food restaurant and get like collard greens and like, you know, black eyed peas and all of the things. And the girls at one point were like, why are you so excited about all these things? And I was like, because it's not easy for me to find hair products, you know, for my hair where we live. <laughs> like we lived in Tucson back then. It was not easy for me. In Albuquerque, I actually, and this is going to sound ridiculous, but I fly to Phoenix every eight weeks to get my hair done to this day. Wow. Because I cannot find somebody to do my hair, you know? So those little things that we, that some people take for granted are our privilege. You know, the fact that I had to be in an inner city environment to find hair products that would work for me. Um, Just those sorts of things that I think people take for granted and don't see the fullness of. And so I have always tried to, uh, like without being preachy to my girls, just let them see that there are other other sides to the world that they will not experience in the same way because of who they how they were born, which is not at all their fault or anything wrong with them. But I want them to see the other side so that they can appreciate the privilege that they have and then choose to do something with that privilege, do do good with that privilege. Right, right. And I love that impact that you're having. And that impact has been just it's like that ripple effect still it goes out and it it like mends those pieces and i i think what you said in the beginning about like how people come at the questions it's like sometimes people ask questions cuz they're waiting for a gotcha moment and it's like that's never productive right in any environment but when you come to have these honest sometimes messy conversations at the kitchen table and sometimes you say words that you're like wait wait i didn't mean to say it that way but say it this way and you get this heart of each other i think that's what I was so grieved over in just seeing the online world, right? Because it's like this one-sided conversation that doesn't feel very fruitful. It just feels very um, negative, even though there's things like you were able to share your story on Instagram live, right? 
But it's like so often we miss these beautiful stories through the weeds of all the the really grossness that we see, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I don't know if you uh, uh, know of Erica Corday. She's a diversity, equity, inclusion um, mm-hmm. trainer or coach. And she actually came in and did some DEI uh, work with my team and I. And I think when we, when I, I used to think like when I thought of diversity, equity, inclusion, I'm like, oh, I'm a black woman. Like I've got this, like, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) I don't need this training. And be, you know, by, by having that training with her, I realized that we are all out, like we all have the choice to be allies in some way, you know? So it, it, for this, it was about racial differences, you know, but it could be about class or other differences. It could be about like the LGBTQ community and understanding them and being allies. Like there's all different ways that you can be allies. And she talks about imperfect allyship. And when we come to the table and we say, you know what, I don't have all the words and I'm probably going to get things wrong. And we know that and we come with humility and being able to um have the heart to like change as, you know, as people give us more information. I think that that is just such a beautiful thing. Yes. Oh, totally agree. And it's, it's actually where the most growth happens, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because we're just there going, okay, we're just having a conversation and we're listening and learning. And I think one of the things that I had to tell myself also during that time was that there are fringe moments that the world can't see in which big impact is happening. And I a just have to discuss that, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's, you know, painting your picture of 2020, we have massive growth. We also have this unrest in the world and you're growing a team and you're doing all these things. Talk to me about 2021. Like, did you feel like that infrastructure built really leveled you up for 21? You know, you know, and bring me up to today, I guess, like, yeah, walking through that, that next phase. Yeah. So definitely in 2021, everything that we had built, all the momentum that we had built in 2020 was so profound in 2021. So first of all, it was our first million dollar year, which was insane. Thank you. <laughs> and it was one of those things that like we had been working towards. Like I I always uh, picture this snowball going downhill, right? And I think in terms of like a big ski mountain and you like start this tiny little snowball and then it like keeps rolling and becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And I can, I literally can link back decisions or conversations that I've had with people or coffee chats that I've done or, you know, live events that I've gone to a whole bunch of things all the way back from like 2017, 2018 to the success that my business has now. And so that's what I tell people all the time. Like, like you were just saying about those little conversations, little changes that you're making behind the scenes sometimes are the things that can create the biggest change. And I think that that was definitely the case for us as we went into 2021. Um, it was definitely a year of growth. I think 20, so end of 2020, we actually started our launch manager certification. And so 2021 was the first full year of that. And so just having a new program with new energy and everything, it was definitely an amazing year. Now, 2022, on the other hand, (laughs) 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 however, comma, yeah, it's just, you know, I think as a business owner, a lot of us are feeling that there is this weirdness to this year in terms of how we market and how we sell and what's working and what's not working and not really being able to feel like we have a solid footing of like, okay, 
this is how this is going to work. And like, this is what I need to do every day to hit what I've hit before. So I think like, I'm feeling that we've had some major team changes that have been hard, you know, in terms of um, just maneuvering and like finding newness and figuring out like what, what the launch guild is as, as a whole and as a culture and as a team. So there's been a lot of, of weirdness to it. So I think that I came in with like, this these ideas of what 2022 was going to be one of them was like we're going to hit our first 3 million dollar year and now i'm just like you know what i just want to be comfortable <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i would i would like to like breathe a little bit you know <laughs> yeah. yeah and so it feels so different than i thought it was going to be and not all the differences are bad also mm. mm-hmm. yeah and i i what i think is interesting that you know i haven't really had a an an ability to talk about this on the podcast, but you nailed it, is that 2022 is kind of the year that the online marketing world gets hit with the pandemic. It's like we are downstream and you see burnout and you see exhaustion and you see less sales and you see tactics that we used before are no longer working and you see team changes with the great resignation. And it's it's a lot all at once and it's leading to major burnout in people that are saying this is really hard and it and we've hustled for a long time and we've kept our heads above water and everybody i know is saying i had a projection of x and i'm going to drop it by about 15 to 20% if not a little oh, yeah. bit more and i'm yeah. going to be okay with <laughs> we're just going to sail through this year yeah. and i think that's such an interesting thing that is not talked about a lot. Like, especially in our online world, it's grow, make sales, get bigger, you know, expand, expand, sell more courses, sell more memberships. And it's almost like coming back and saying, maybe we just maintain. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's, that's the new Pinterest or the new Facebook ad. I don't know. Yeah. So I, yeah, I totally agree. And, And for somebody who is growth driven and i enjoy having the new challenge of like the new number you know and the new projection that's been hard for me but also my body has just been like or you could sit on the couch and like take a nap <laughs> <laughs> yeah what's the thing you post about on instagram all the time that you love to sit on what is it oh the love sack oh my gosh it's like this giant beanbag chair for anybody who doesn't know what a love sack is just go look it up it's the most comfortable chair in the entire world so, so good. Good. every time I see so you, I, in fact, my daughter just bought something like that at Costco and now I can't get her out of it. And now the cats are laying in it too. Yes. So it's just like she, and then now she has her, um, what are those blankets that for anxiety? Um, oh, like the weighted blanket. blankets. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she has that over the top of her. I'm like, okay, I'll never see you again. Sounds yep. good. I love it. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> here's three questions for you. Okay. Um, Anything that has surprised you about being an entrepreneur? Oh, gosh. Like everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think what has most surprised me is how much, like, what I'm capable of, you know? Like, I think that my capacity for, for just dealing with, with what comes up is pretty darn amazing. <laughs> and I don't know that I would have thought that about myself. Be- like I knew that I could handle things, but like it feels like expert level at this point. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. You can write a book yeah. at this point, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So what has been your greatest joy when it has come to running your own business? 
seeing the impact that my business makes on other, especially on other women. Um, so definitely within my team, like for example, one of my team members, um, when she went full-time, she was able to buy her first investment property. And so now I'm just like, that is like legacy building, wealth building money, you know, to be able to do that and to pass that on and, and just seeing that as a possibility. We also created our first 401k for our team last year and just seeing like that become reality. I'm like, wow, like I'm actually doing this and we're doing this as a company, which is really cool. Yeah, actually that you bring up a great point. I want to kind of go back to this because you, uh, you mentioned this about paying off debt. And we have talked about this before too, and getting to that point of being debt free. And I think when we were working with you all, you were making strides towards that. Is that still a goal or is that done or? So, okay. So it was done in April of 2020. Okay. And then Scott and I went on a little bit of a shopping spree for like two <laughs> years. <laughs> you got to love sack. <laughs> we got to love sack. And I might have also got my first Louis Vuitton purse and then four oh, more. Okay, okay. <laughs> so we are actually about to become debt-free for the second time. So right. that should happen in the next month. But yeah, we I think we needed that moment of like, oh, this is like this isn't something that it's like, I did it, you know, and then you're yeah. done. Like it's a you have to like continue practicing it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, words of wisdom there, yeah. right? That's pieces of advice to pass on. Yeah. Um, okay. So if you had to give a new business owner one piece of advice, what would it be? Consistency. Like mm-hmm. that is the thing. People ask me all the time, like, Tasha, how do you do it? You know, and I'm like, I showed up when other people didn't, and I was consistent. And those are the things. I don't think that I have any special secret sauce other than I'm continue showing up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're a quick start. And I'm a quick start. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that, <works. laughs> that helps. That definitely yeah, helps. <laughs> totally. Okay. And last for you, do you have a favorite business book or resource that you found super helpful as you're growing your business? Um, okay. So I don't read. <laughs> okay. You listen? Um, I listen. Yes. So okay. I love podcasts and yes. um, the Get Paid podcast, Claire Pelletro's podcast is one okay. of my favorites. The okay. reason that it's one of my favorites is because I don't know like if she like put something in people's drinks before <laughs> the podcast <laughs> or what, but people get so honest on her podcast about like the ways that their business makes money and how much they're actually taking home and like all of these little nuanced things that we don't hear all the time. And I think it's really important because I think a lot of times people think that they're doing something wrong and it's like, you're not doing anything wrong. It's just that business is hard and you own a business and like people, you know, just because I have a million dollar business doesn't mean I get to take a million dollars home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a great mystery, right? Exactly. Exactly. So I love her podcast for those reasons. Yeah. Mm, Good one. Okay. All right. So where can people go to connect with you and learn more about what you do and who you are? Yes. So I'm on Instagram all the time. Um, So my Instagram handle that I hang out with the most is at the Tasha booth, but we do have two websites because I have two sides of my business. So the launchguild.com and then tashabooth.com is a great place to find out about more on either side. I love it. And you were such an inspiration to me when I was thinking of building kall.com. I know I voxered you probably 17 times <laughs> in my not quick startness. Like, okay, how do you do it? How do you structure your day when really what you should have just said is, 
stop being a fact finder. Like, yes. just do it. <laughs> just do it. Yeah. You just got to <laughs> jump into it. Oh my gosh. Exactly. That was like giving birth. It was horrible. <laughs> um, but I did it. So, okay. We will put both of those links in the show notes where you can find them at simplepinmedia.com slash 290, episode 290. Tasha, thank you so much for sharing your story with me, with our listeners, and just being an amazing, I guess, I don't want to say ally, camaraderie, like whatever. I'm not thinking of the right word, but I just love sharing this online space with you and just, you know, doing this whole online entrepreneurship gig together. Like it makes it feel less lonely. So I appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you. And you have been such an invaluable resource. Anytime something crazy is going on, I just know that I can boxer you and you're just like, so this happened three Tuesdays ago to me. So (laughs) (laughs) I've been like, I've been there. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So good. All right. Thanks, Tasha. We really appreciate it. Thanks. 